to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The things that we see in a day can be quite disturbing. In a day, a manager will be a cook, a cleaner, a counsellor, a psychiatrist, personal assistant, you name it, we're all in one day, we will hear the client's personal life, the history. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. Stacy is a madam. She manages everything when it comes to brothels and sex workers, including clients. After 16 years, she wants out, but not before she tells us everything she's experienced along the way. Content warning. If you're suffering or triggered by the themes of this podcast, help services are listed in the show notes. Welcome Stacy to the deep. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited because you're a madam of, I want to say women, but should I say sex workers? Would that be a better way to describe it? We normally use the term service provider, but yes, sex worker is the correct term. The sex workers are the service providers. Yes, that's correct. For men and women or predominantly women? Uh, Mainly women. Have you worked with men as well? Um, I'm been doing this job for about 16 years I've probably only had two male service providers over that whole period of time there's just no call for male sex workers as in there's no need there's no need and there is no demand okay we'll get into that a little bit later but let's start with you being in this industry for 16 years Were you ever a service provider or have you always been in the managerial role? I've always been in the managerial role. I've never been a service provider. I've never had to. There was never a need or an interest, especially when we literally will walk in the girls' shoes every day. We do see what they see. We hear what they have to put up with. So there's no need for managers to step into their world. I'm sure that you've had a lot of interesting characters pass through the doors over the years through multiple different states in Australia. What is one of the things that stands out for you when you're working with service providers that you go, yeah, this is a good, (laughs) 
she's going to make some money for us. She is going to be in this industry a long time. Uh, Generally, it's ladies who provide extra services or they might do something a bit different or or kinky. So some of the extras may include anal, which is wider, a large demand. So if they do do extras and that's one of them, they will do really well in the industry. Uh, With kinky, it could just could be something, we call it golden shower. So that just means that they're urinating on the clients. If they do extra kinky services like that, they will do exceptionally well. Okay. And do you put the prices on or do they choose the prices? No, the girls are subcontractors. They work for themselves so they can charge whatever they want. And so do then they pay you or the house like a rent fee or something? Uh, with the extras, no, that goes straight to the girl because in our world it's they're doing and performing the job. That's their money, so they're entitled to that. The only way that the house gets paid is the client will pay up front for the amount of time that they wish. Then the girl will get paid for that particular time and then the house will get the room rental fee for that particular time. So if I'm coming in for a service that's um, just, say, some anal sex and that's her fee is 500 mm-hmm. but I pay you something as well. So what do I pay the house? The client will come in. He will pay, say, $150 for half an hour. The girl, depends on the shop, will get anywhere between $75 to $80 for that half an hour. The rest will go to the shop. That half an hour that the client wants anal sex, that will 500 will go to the girl plus the $75, $80. Okay. Her time. And is that per client or is that a one day like rental fee from her? No, that's per client. Okay. So it's quite a lucrative job for the house as well. It is. It is a lucrative job for the house, but we also have a lot of expenses as well. Like linen? Um, linen, towels, bedding, wages, water, electricity, taxes, insurances. There's a lot of outgoings. Do you have to feed the girls? No, the, the girls are actually, well, some of them actually will cook, but Uber Eats is um, quite popular. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the establishment, um, can you explain, so I know so that this is going to vary across different establishments, but the, the ones that you have worked in, you can pick anyone. Is it like you've got a um, locker room or, or a girls' hangout area and then different styles of bedrooms? How does it look? So in the girls' room, we call it the girls' lounge room, so they will be a fridge, kitchen, TV, uh, resting area, whatever to make them happy and comfortable. Uh, one establishment actually had a large gym on site wow so it, it just depends um another facility i worked at actually had a spa and another one actually would have a masseuse come in so it just depends on the facility down the hallway at the end will obviously be the working rooms the working rooms is where the obviously the girls will provide their service most shops will have themed rooms but at the moment they're mainly just normal everyday standard hotel looking rooms Okay. And is it a discreet entrance? Some places are, yes. Some not so much. Okay. So can people tell it's a servicing 
sexual place from the outlook? From the outside, no. It just okay. looks like most establishments just look like, because we're all in industrial areas, just looks like a normal everyday building, business, just another industrial shed. So when I was in my 20s, I was looking for work, my early 20s, and there was an ad in the newspaper for a receptionist. Uh-huh. It didn't give a lot of information, but it was like 30 or $40 an hour. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I went for the interview, um, which was at a very, very popular famous establishment in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And before I got the job, I didn't realize what it, what it was. And so I went in and she was explaining it to me and I caught on quite quickly. And there was a part of me that really wanted to be there kind of in a reception role to watch it all. Cause I'm just so curious. And then someone said to me, cause I was trying to be an actor at the time. Someone said to me, you need to be aware that these people, like the clients that come in, there is a chance that you will see them in the outside world Mm -hmm. and there is a chance that these people will not want to work with you because they know that you know their secret, right? So I ended up not taking the job. But have you had that? I mean, you've been in the industry so long. Have you had those moments outside of work where you're like, oh, uh, okay, yep, we're just really discreet here and we're just going to pretend that we don't know each other. Does that happen? Oh, yes, more often than most people (laughs) would think. And it's always at the wrong time. And it's happened in shopping centres and job interviews. So tell me what that means, job interviews. It's been a bit of a challenge. Um, I'm currently looking... For a new job, I've started applying. Some of the places that I've applied for, I actually know the person who's interviewing me to a point where I get to the door, I have to actually walk away or just don't attend the interview. It's So this interview isn't in the sex industry space. This is a whole new thing. But the person that is taking the interview, you have met. Oh, yes. So is that a regret? Is that going to be hard to move on? It is. It is a regret and it is hard to move on. It's more challenging because it's a conflict of interest. You can't work with someone like that because you know their secrets deep down and it may accidentally slip out. Um, It's probably more concerning for me because when people find out that you work in this industry or have worked in this industry, they're not likely to hire you. They will say to me, sorry, we don't want someone who is socialised or has worked in that industry. We don't want to be foreseen with someone like you. I mean, 16 years ago when you got into it, did you think that about that? No. When I first started, I was like you, the money was great. Yeah. How could you say no? The money was great. I was still studying. I was a lot younger. Um, the work-life balance was there. And then you'll go for a period of time where you're happy and you're comfortable in your job. And now it's just more of I can't even go to a shopping centre without running into someone. I had to change my dentist because my dentist was actually <laughs> a regular client, so I had to go find a new one. 
Oh my gosh, it's really inconveniencing you. Oh yes, my um my doctor actually told me to leave and find a new GP. Uh, last week I went for an interview. As soon as I walked in the door, I saw the person who was interviewing me. I leaned over to the counter to the receptionist and got my application form left and walked out the door. So then do you feel like you've got to go back? A little bit in a way, but not so much. There's still people out there who are are comfortable with it and acceptant of it, but some not so much. And it's really interesting because you're actually not doing the physical acts. So you would think that there would be some kind of, I don't know, difference. Like I, we all know that the sex industry has a a huge amount of taboo attached to it, but I thought Mm -hmm. if you were just there in a, in an office role, it would like be like any other office role, but no, no, that's not the case for you. Even though I will explain to them, I am just in an office environment. Um, it's literally I'm just running a hotel motel, but because it's related to the sex industry, no. And why do you want to get out? It's been a long time. It's been 16 years. It's time to move on. I probably would have been happy to stay but it's gotten to a point where I need to leave. I've probably seen too much in the industry where it's you're actually at a point where you have to leave. Can we go into that? Mm-hmm. What do you mean that you've seen too much? The things that we see in a day can be quite disturbing. In a day, a manager will be a cook, a cleaner, a counsellor, a psychiatrist, personal assistant, you name it, we're all in one day. We will hear the client's personal life, the history. They will come in and tell us, oh, you know, we like this and we enjoy this and then they'll start talking to us about their personal and sex life and it's just things that you don't want to hear. It's it's too much and it goes too far. Are they doing that to get a reaction? Because that was one of the, um, I guess, the warnings that the madam of the establishment that I was uh, interviewing for said, you need to be prepared that men will want to offer you money for service because you're not available and they always want what they can't have. That is Is correct. That is very true. So do you feel like clients are always crossing the line with you to get a reaction or a rise or a kick or a bit of both bit of um a reaction and some not only do they get off on it it's also more of they enjoy it and they don't realize that they're actually doing it because to them it's normal they've walked into this world this world is things that they can do in here that they can't do at home so when they walk in they're a totally different person I see that then when you cross over to the to the standard world that that could be very confronting for a lot of clients then to mm. see you if they've been a deviant or a pervert or whatever it is and you know that side of them it's not nice it's it's not pleasant i've had clients come in and tell me that you know they're pedophiles and i've had other clients come in and tell me oh look i committed some sort of criminal offence the other day. Like it's the stories that they will tell you. You you learn to to stop 
and to shut it off. But after a while, it's it's too much. I think that would be incredibly difficult to hear someone say I'm a pedophile. It is. It is hard, especially when you've got children of your own and you've got friends and family that have kids. When you hear stories like that, it's enough for you to cringe. You really want to jump the counter and just, yeah. Or tell authorities, but I'm sure that there is, I don't know, legality around that or confidentiality. I don't know what. There is. Unfortunately, there is. It's to a point where we are not allowed to come out and tell authorities because we're now breaching the client's privacy and confidentiality. Even if someone is perhaps in harm's way? Yes, because one, we can't prove it, even though they've told us and we're pretty confident. We don't know who the clients are. And again, we're breaking confidentiality. So I'm sure not everyone is a disturbed creep, but there would be weird and unusual requests all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you share some of those with us? Yeah, of course. We get a lot of, um, I suppose, role play. Unfortunately, the child, teenager, school role play is most quite popular. Um, golden showers and brown showers is probably the next most popular one. This one actually happened a while ago, but I'd never figured it myself. I used to have a, a client come in quite well-dressed, very nice, very well-spoken and polite, always booked an hour once a week. Fine, not a problem. Then he started coming in more regularly and he was bringing in a picnic basket. I thought, oh, that's quite nice that he's bringing in a basket, but he started to book 90 minutes now. I thought, okay, didn't think much of it. Anyway, the girl was always quite happy and she was always putting a lot of money away in her locker. So I asked her one day, apparently he likes to have lunch before the booking. After lunch, he would ask the girl to either urinate or um, do her other business on him. So I thought, okay, fair enough, each to their own, as long as she cleans the room because I ain't doing that. Apparently, after she's um, exposed, urinated and pooed on him, he liked to actually grab it, put it between a sandwich and eat it. I'm sorry, that one used to do my head in. <laughs> I mean, I, do, I can't. I still sit here and think, how could you eat that? And I'm a very non-judgmental person, you know, but I think there is a line at poop sandwiches. Like I think that's the line. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking that's just not. Do, and that's just not yeah. sanitary. Like, no. What did the girl, so the girl was cool. Like she was like, whatever, I get my big checks from these sandwiches. I'm I'm fine. Yep. Did she ever feel, did you ever dis, like discuss with her, like, are you okay? You... Oh, we've asked her if she was okay and, and comfortable with that and she would laugh and say in nice terms, yes, I am happy and comfortable because she was getting two, $300 extra just to do that to him. And and that wasn't a, um, I guess it is a sexual episode for him, but there was no intercourse. It was purely they hung out, she did business on him and then he eats it and that's the booking. That's it. So he paid 250 up front for the hour, probably about three to 400 
if it was 90 minutes, so he's paid for the time and the room rental, plus the extra two to 300 for that extra service. It's, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. And are there, I mean, that's pretty extreme, but have there been things that girls have done or experienced that have come out of the room and they're not okay, that they're like, they thought they could do it and then they're like, I'm, I just, that was too far for me? Yeah, there was one actually just recently. We, I could understand from her point of view, but for everyone else, we actually found it quite funny. Uh, I actually had a client come in. You'll see a lot of clients that will come in and they'll have like a brown bag. So obviously they've gone to the adult shop before they've come in. Sure. Or plastic shopping bag to try and hide things. Uh, this particular client actually wanted to dress up as a male baby and he wanted the girl to literally hold him, nurse him and treat him like a baby and bottle feed him, change his nappy, um, everything that you would do for a baby, that's what he wanted and she just couldn't do it. I've heard of this. I've definitely heard of this, and I know there's um kind of a subculture of people that are in that do do that with their partners and things, and I'm I'm sure it's a unique, but definitely it's out there, and it's an experience that many service providers would be asked to do. Yes, yeah, it's quite common, but not as common as people would think. I'd say I'd probably get it maybe once or twice a month. See, that feels like it's quite common, but I'm not in the industry. (laughs) No, it's not that common. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So role-playing is a really big one. Do you have any boundaries within the establishment that you're like, we, that is a no-go, we don't do that here? It depends on the establishment and it depends on the girl. So whatever they do behind closed doors is totally up to them as long as we know that the girl is happy to do the job and if she's safe. So whatever they do is between the client and the girl and it will stay in the room. So then is there a he say, she say, has something gone down and she's like, I didn't agree to that. And then he's like, you did agree to that because you're not involved has that happened? Uh, it happens all the time, all the time. I'd get it numerous times throughout the day and it's quite common. So generally when the client actually meets the girl, because they can actually meet the girl and talk to them prior going into the room, but even though they've discussed it, it still happens, it still occurs. There's not much we can really do about it because it's always going to be a miscommunication or misunderstanding or different interpretation. They might ask for one thing, but she's interpreted in a different way or vice versa. So then how are you a part of resolving that? What happens? We do try to resolve it, but it's a bit difficult because what can you do? Like he said one thing, she said another. They've both taken it in different ways. 
So we, we try to resolve it, but it's it's too much. It's too difficult. So does he get his money back? Then what is what? Do you oh, do? it depends. Um, if there's a little bit of time left, we may give a little bit of the house fee back. Uh, sometimes we can change the girl, so we might ask another girl to go in and do the job or uh, finish the job. Or there's, if there's a little bit of time left, they might go in and just finish that particular time. Um, sometimes the girls are more than happy to give a little bit of their money back because they didn't complete the job or finish the job. So it, it just it depends. It just depends. Yeah, it depends on the situation and the person. And what about the different service providers being in close proximity over a long period of time? You know, long days, hard work. They're obviously. I'm sure women that are great friends, but there would be clashes in personality too. Is that something that you have to manage? We do see it, but you'll be surprised. It actually does not happen as often as people think. They just want to get their job done. They don't really want to get into other people's business. That's exactly right. The girls do not really talk much to each other, maybe in passing when they're making a cup of coffee or just be, hi, how are you? But other than that, they really don't socialise much. They will normally keep their distance because they just want to go home, do their job, do what they have to do, go home. Is it competitive? Uh, it can be at times. It depends on the girl or girls and who's working on the shift. It can be competitive. But a lot of working girls are actually really nice. So if one girl gets more work than the other, they might ask the client would you be interested in two girls? So that way that girl has made a little bit of money. Yeah, right. And how long is a shift? Uh, It varies. So some shops will have three shifts. So it could be between anywhere between six to eight hours a shift. Some shops might do a little bit extra on the weekends. So it might be, say, eight to 12 hours per shift. So it just varies. And could a service provider have a client per hour for that eight hours? Yes, yes, it is possible. Um, It depends on who comes in and who books them and how long for. So in an eight-hour shift, I'd say um, they would probably get about seven to eight jobs. And they're not always an hour, so they have time in between to freshen up and things? Yes, that's correct. So they'll normally vary between 20 to 30-minute bookings, which we call short time, and then 45 minutes, majority to an hour. Okie dokes. So is hygiene and things something you need to discuss when taking on like the girls or is every do people get that a lot of girls have been working for a long period of time it's just if we get someone brand new to the industry we will explain to them look you will need to shower after every single client we do recommend when you do shower we would suggest that you would use this uh so it just depends Uh, With the girls, we normally suggest an antibacterial wash and then maybe a fragrant wash so you still smell quite nice and fresh. Uh, With If popular girls, we would say to them, look, you really need to wash your genital area, you might want to consider using a femme wash just because it's a bit fresher, it's cleaner. That can um, upset the pH balance in the vagina, right, too much fanny washing. That's right. So they have to be, we just tell them to, the options are there to see how you go, but be careful. But most working girls know that no. they're not going to do anything to damage their working tool. 
Yes. So they're very cautious. Um, another one is a lot of working girls will actually uh, either shave or get a wax because they'll find a lot of ingrowing hairs will actually cause them a lot of problems and issues and then they get itchy and infections. So a lot of working girls will actually um, either shave or wax. Okay. So that's not a prerequisite by the house. It's no. what they do with their body hair is their choice. So, so at the end of the day, what they do and how they run their business is totally up to them. We can just give them advice, but it's their choice. Is protection necessary? Yes. Mandatory? It's mandatory. It's actually law or safe sex on the premises. So if the the um, client says behind closed doors, I want to bear back, I don't know if that's just <laughs> a gay term, but I've, I know what it means, no condom. Mm-hmm. If I want to do that and I'll give you a thousand bucks for it, don't tell your manager, does that happen? It does. Unfortunately and sadly it does happen. We're always disgusted by it because of all the sexual transmitted diseases in the world and yeah, I always feel it's disgusting because in my mind it does happen that if she's done it to one client, she would have had, say, 10 clients that day. She probably would have done it again to, say, another one or two. But, yes, clients would generally, it's predominantly the client that will ask the girl, not the girl suggesting. But, unfortunately, yeah, it does happen. But, again, we don't know unless the girl tells us but what they decide to do with their body and behind closed doors. Is their choice. Are blowjobs um, with condoms? Yes, that is law. It has to be with a condom. Wow. So everything is wrapped up in every circumstance. <laughs> that's a good one. I'm going to use that next time. Um, but, <laughs> yes, that's correct. Okay. And what about kissing? That's not part of the service. They classify that as an extra, but it's totally up to the girls. They will classify that as an extra in charge. Um, we generally would tell the girls, again, it's up to you. We don't recommend it because it's bodily fluid transfer still, so it's still saliva. But it doesn't mean it just can't be light kisses on the cheek or okay. on the shoulder or something. But it's, again, yeah, totally up to the girls. Do you have female clients come in to see female service providers? Very rarely, very, very rarely. I'd probably say I get one or two a year. So, again, it's not a big demand. And when, like, because you can't use a condom with that, or I don't know, maybe you can, there's some new thing, but what do you suggest the service provider do then if they wanted oral sex or? So what that happened there is they have a dam. They call it a dam. So it's like um, a piece of plastic. So it's quite stretchy and flexible. So they would just use that they'll put it they'll slide it underneath them so their body weight will hold it and they just have to hold the the top of it so that way the person can perform the oral so it's just a piece of plastic material as a barrier okay understood is there any kind of misconceptions that you think society has on establishments and workers oh yes there's there's so many so, so many. I'm still quite shocked and surprised myself how it's probably more women, though, um, still have that stereotype to the industry where they think it's still, oh, how do I explain? The only way I could think of is, you know how you see brothels on American TV and they're just dirty and there's drugs everywhere and 
it's just a dirty towel on the floor. A lot of people, especially women, still think that's how brothels are. They don't realise that brothels are actually like a hotel but extremely clean. We have high standards of cleaning. They don't think that. They just think it's run by bikies and it's just women on drugs. No. So that's an interesting one. Um, Do you have many women on substances then, drugs and alcohol, to get themselves amped to work? Not to work. It it has happened, but it's very, very rarely. But what they do after their shift is totally up to them. Before their shift, it's very rare that it happens, very, very rare because they want the money. So if you notice that someone was off their face, you would send them home? We have to. We will generally order a taxi and send them home or we'll isolate them into another room until they sober up and we'll just keep an eye on them. Because I have heard that sometimes clients come in with substances and want the girls to join in on the job. Mm. Is there a way to manage that? It's a bit hard because whatever happens behind closed doors, we don't know until the client has left and then the girls come out and then you start to see the signs. But when it does happen, you just do what you can to to help the girl. Do you ever have to deal with any kind of aggressive behaviour? From the girls, it does happen, but it's extremely rare. Uh, It's probably more the clients that I would have more issues with. Are you scared? Are people in your face? Do they have they attacked you? I've been doing it for a while. I've probably been attacked twice, but you kind of get used to it because you because you see it quite often. You kind of accept it because that's how it is. What have they done to you? Uh, it's probably more verbal abuse. I have had clients actually try to raise their hand. Uh, we actually had one last week when the client actually assaulted the girl and I had to jump in the middle and he's hit me closed fist into the to the shoulder. But that's probably as far as it has ever gotten. You sound very relaxed when you say that and it, and it, that's, a, that's alarming because I think it's become normal to you. But anyone at any other workplace, if someone did that, it's not normal. Them, yes. Mm. But because it's the industry, it's kind of a normal and accepted. But if I was working a normal admin reception job, it wouldn't Someone be. Someone did that, yeah. Yeah. So um, in this case with that worker, was she harmed? Uh, she was. She ended up having a bit of a bruise just below the eye and she had a few marks where the clients actually hit her in the shoulder as well. So when that happens, you call the police? Mm-hmm. Um, if that person, if the perpetrator flees, is it easy to catch them? Do they have numbers and records with you? Was he caught? Uh, this particular case was actually quite funny because the shop that we were at at the time actually have locks on the outside of the door. We don't have locks inside just for that particular reason. So we were able to actually lock the client in the room. But without and the girl. Without the girl. But if that wasn't the case, generally we're able to... The, the police are actually pretty good. They're generally there really quickly, but sometimes we're able to catch them because they've driven in, so we've gotten their number plate or we've seen them in the past and we've got video footage. So it, it just depends. 
Do sex workers have the same rights then? Can she press charges? I mean, they should have, and I'm asking this because I know and I follow a lot of sex workers online and they're always fighting for more rights. Do you feel like they're heard and respected by authorities when these things happen? Of course, they've got more rights than you and I do. I'm quite shocked. Like more rights than people think. I've got a lot. So in this particular case, they really looked after her. They, the police offered her counselling and help and they offered to drive her, you know, to the doctor. They, yeah, they have so much help and support. It's not funny. Because that's really interesting. I've definitely heard from other members of the community on the other side that they feel like they have no support. No. There's a lot of support groups out there, the sex workers. Uh, it's They have a lot. They got it, the, the law is actually in favourable of the sex worker. Have you seen, I mean, you would have seen many women come and go over the years, you know, some stay a minute, some stay years. Have you seen the impact of the work on them? Yes. It depends on the person and how long they've stayed for. So the longer they stayed and the longer they work, it does play with their mind. It, they, you could see the changes in them. Um, then I've met girls who have only done it for six months, paid their uni fees and were quite happy to leave, like nothing happened. So it just depends on the person, how long they've been doing it for, what they've been doing. Yeah, it just varies. Have you become friends with any of these women? No. That's just a conscious choice? It's really hard to become friends with sex workers because we both have different values and morals and understanding and not only that, when you start going out with them, it's a bit hard sometimes to switch off and we don't want it to affect their friends and family. So sometimes it might actually come out or slip or we might say or do something. Mm. So they're always worried that it might backfire and something might happen. It's been such an interesting viewpoint to hear from you because we have had um, lots of different sex industry workers on the show from the sex worker side, but to hear it from your side is really fascinating. And I'm sure that many of them disagree with things that you're saying, but that's the beauty of uh, perspective, right? So I want to say a huge thank you. And I also want to ask you a personal question because I know it's been all about your business. (laughs) Okay. I'm intrigued. (laughs) It's our final question on the show. Who are you when no one's watching? Okay. This is a good question. I've never been asked this, but I've always been waiting for someone to ask me. When I'm at work, I use a different name. I've learned in the past never to use my real name because events have occurred and it's always been coming back to me. So you learn to change names because you're a different person at at work. So when I'm at work, I'm Stacey and I will be a psychiatrist, a counsellor, a cleaner all in one day and you become a different person to take on your role and duties for that day. But as soon as I walk out that door and I'm in the car, I'm me. So then when I come home, I just do 
whatever I have to do and I'm just me. Beautiful. Thank you. And I really hope you get a job that you love. Oh, thank you. Me too. I really do. Thanks for sharing your story with us today. No worries. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes, and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.